Welcome to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to inspire you to stand on the Word of God and to help you build unshakable and unstoppable faith in Jesus Christ. your host, Dr. Kazumba. God bless you. Thank you for joining me once again on today's program. I have a very, very special guest, uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's going to be joining me today as uh, she shares with us about uh, cleaning up your mental mess, cleaning up your mental mess from our latest book, She's going to touch on our five simple, scientifically proven steps to reduce anxiety, stress, and uh, toxic thinking. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. I'm a cognitive neuroscientist and for the past 30 years, I've been researching the mind and mental health. Over these years, I developed a program for my patients to help them to deal with depression and anxiety and mental ill health. This program is the core of my app, Switch. For 21 days, I will guide you through five steps that will help you identify the root and break down the toxicity in your mind and rebuild a healthy new thought pattern. Spending less than 16 minutes per day using this scientifically researched technique will reduce anxiety, toxic stress, and depression. This app will take you beyond mindfulness, giving you the practical steps to destroy toxic thinking and mental ill health once and for all. Dr. Caroline, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you so much. And it's a privilege to be on the show with you too. Thank you. So I have uh, this, your latest book, and uh, this is the topic you'll be helping us, cleaning up your mental mess. That's it. So I love it. I love it. Now, let me go to the first question I have. What happens when we don't use our minds properly? Well, it's an excellent question. And basically the reason I wrote this book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, is that all of us as humans constantly make a mental mess. We go through the day from the time we open our eyes till the time we close our eyes, we're experiencing so many different things, that are, events that are building into our brain and into our mind, which are separate. And so often we can make a mess of it. So our mind is always working. You go to, you wake up with your mind, you eat with your mind, you choose your clothes with your mind, you're using your mind now while you're listening to me and watching me, you go to bed with your mind. So your mind is always working. So the whole concept of mind management is that that if our mind is always working and if we don't manage it, it, it becomes very messy. But if we manage our mind, which we need to then understand what it is to be able to manage it, then we can actually clean up our mental mess. And it's okay to have a mental mess as long as we're doing something about it and we're getting better and better at cleaning up the mental mess. That's kind of the concept behind it. 
And that actually brings me to the next question I have for you. Uh, mind management and why is it important and why we need it? Well, mind, we first need to understand what the mind is. So if I can use some props, uh, that's okay with you. I'm going to use some, uh, some props, Dr. Charles. So, so here I've got a brain and a body and here I've got a brain and a skull. And we uh, need to understand that the mind is not the brain. This is not the mind. This is the brain. And the mind is separate from the brain and it works through the brain and the brain responds to the mind. In fact, the brain and the body respond to the mind. So the brain and the body collectively work together to respond to the mind. So the brain and the body are about 1% of who we are. So if you look at your physical, that's about 1% of who you are as a human. But we actually, our mind is 99% of who you are. The difference between us, that's alive, us who are alive and a dead person is our mind. So mind is our aliveness. Mind is our ability to think and feel and choose. And what does it look like? Well, we see from science that, that thinking, feeling, choosing, 99% mind, spiritual thing is all around us and through us. So here's the physical, but the physical is energized by our ability to think and feel and choose, which is our mind. So like right now, we're not floating because of gravity. We live in gravitational fields. There's been years and years and years of physics research on gravitational fields. What they've also discovered is that we have gravitational fields that are unique to each of us. So we have our own unique energy or gravitational fields moving through our brain and our body. And that is our mind. So mind is this huge 99% part of us that we process life through. So right now, as people are listening to us and watching us, everything that I'm saying is coming at you as these sound waves and light waves and your mind, your thinking, feeling and choosing push grabs all that and you make sense of it and you push it through your brain and then your brain responds when all these electrical and electrochemical and neurochemical and genetic and you're building my words with your mind into your brain as little trees. So you're growing like little trees at the moment of the words of the information that I'm giving you. And this is a thought. So you are building a thought of this information. But you can see I'm saying a lot of stuff. So that means that like a tree is made of branches and roots. There's lots of roots and there's lots of branches. A thought is also made of lots of roots and, branch, and branches. So these are the memories. So this is the thought of this discussion about mind and brain and mental health. But all the words that I'm giving you are growing in the root part because this is the source. I'm giving you this information. So as you're listening to me, you're using your mind, you're thinking, feeling, and choosing to build these thoughts. And there's lots of them. I've already said about 100 different things. So you've grown about 100 roots. The little tree trunk and the branches are how you understand what I'm saying based on your past experience. So it's your interpretation of what I'm saying. So therefore, and then this collectively becomes, it becomes our actions, what we say and what we do, our behaviors. So this is all very well if it's good stuff, like I'm telling you good stuff and we're learning good, interesting stuff and it's a good experience that your mind is turning into these thoughts and so on. But here, let's say that you have a toxic experience. Let's say that you have some kind of war trauma or abuse or traumatic situation of whatever sort. That's Then it builds a toxic tree. You can see the difference between the healthy green tree and then this toxic tree. And this, like this builds into the brain made of proteins and is real. This is also built into the brain and is made of proteins and is real. And it also has a root system. And that's the rich, that's the origin. So this could, this is the abuse. This is the trauma. This is the toxic thing that you're going through. And then this 
tree trunk and the branches or how you see that in your life, how you interpret that in terms of how you feel about yourself and, and, and the actions, your behavior, behaviors and your perspective. And then this produces how you how this influences you in your life, what you say and what you do. So it influences your relationships and, and all kinds of stuff. So it's very important that we manage these because these, our brain and our body are not designed for these. When we have these, the immune system of our brain and body sees these in the same way that it would see something like the COVID virus. And the COVID virus, as soon as that comes in, it threatens our survival. So our immune system of our brain and our body fights this by sending out inflammatory factors. So it creates inflammation to try and get rid of this. In the same way, our brain and our body don't like these, and they recognize these as a threat to our survival, toxic thoughts. So toxic thoughts are as real as virus, as real as damage in your body, and your, brain, your immune system tries to get rid of them. And if we don't get rid of them, if we don't manage our mind, these stay there, these traumas from the past that can affect our future, these bad habits that we have, getting upset about everything or getting angry or people pleasing or toxic thoughts, getting you under control, getting mad or frustrated or just feeling overwhelmed. If we don't manage that, this is what's happening. And this, our brain and body don't have have structures to we don't have structures in the brain to handle this so our brain is trying to get rid of this and our body is trying to get rid of this and our mind is trying to get rid of this and that then creates these sensations which we feel as emotions like depression and anxiety which aren't illnesses that is our mind telling us and our brain and our body that hey there's something going on here you need to pay attention to so things like anxiety and depression and toxic thinking, toxic stress and, and frustration and irritation, those aren't illnesses. Those are warning signals telling you, you need to pay attention to this thing. This is, this is, this is not good for your survival. And your body will also give you messages, like you'll feel tension in your, in your heart or you'll feel tension in your muscles or you'll have GI symptoms, something wrong with your stomach or nausea or something like that. So in other words, our brain and our body and our mind will tell us to pay attention to these two warning signals and if we don't manage that then this just increases they just stay there or they get bigger and then that makes our whole body very vulnerable to disease and in fact it increases our vulnerability to disease by 35 to 98 percent which is a large factor so it doesn't mean that if you have a toxic thought you're going to get cancer that's not what i'm saying and i'm also not saying if you have a positive thought it makes it go away that's also not what i'm saying what I'm saying is that if we don't manage our mind, if we don't accept, okay, that's depression in my life, it means something, let me find out why I'm depressed. If I do that, that's good. But if I just say, oh gosh, I'm depressed and I'm going to pretend it doesn't exist and just push it down, that creates this, uh, this a very vulnerable state that my brain and body are in, which then affects the mind because there's a feedback loop going between the mind and the brain and the body. And that in then increases our vulnerability to mental, to mind issues, to really feeling like we can't manage, having psychotic breaks, bipolar, all those scary words, which aren't illnesses. <clears throat> they are responses. They are warning signals to, to all the things of life. So that's the basic principle. I don't know if you want to dig in deep and ask a little, uh, oh, I can explain in more depth. No, or, I want you to do anything. You, you are explaining very well. I'm a theologian. That is your field. I want you to teach this thing. If you want to dive into more of that before I go to the, how the five steps can help reduce anxiety and depression, please go ahead because I just feel like uh, with our viewers, if I don't talk much and let you teach, they will learn, we will learn more. So go ahead and uh, explain more on that uh, note.
Okay, perfect, wonderful. Okay, so we are able, which is so wonderful, we are able to actually control these. This doesn't have to be your destiny. Your past traumas or everything that you've gone through that's toxic doesn't have to be controlling you. You can control that, which is wonderful to know. And that's essentially why I wrote this book on mind management, is cleaning up your mental mess, is being self-regulated, self-regulating yourself, managing your mind. And managing your mind means that you're going to find these, capture these, and renew them okay so basically i teach the science of how to capture these and renew these it's the science of how do you how do you do that and as you know the scriptures say that you've got to bring all thoughts into captivity and we build about eight to ten thousand thoughts a day and all eight to ten thousand thoughts are supposed to be captured and monitored we're also supposed to be watching our patterns in our life you know if we're capturing a thought we also need to watch our patterns in our life like what are we saying what are we doing are you constantly upset about something are you having the same kind of arguments are you having the same kind of problems in your relationships is depression and anxiety a large part of your life you know what are the patterns in your life because those patterns are cycles that you have set up, that you have, that are cycles, these toxic thoughts that have come from a source experience and they haven't been managed and they just keep growing and growing and they are influencing how you function because these produce your words and your actions. Whatever you say and do is coming from these. And if these are toxic, it produces those toxic patterns in our life. And then that increases this vulnerability to disease that I've been saying. So I showed in my research that if we don't manage our mind, and this is in the, I put a summary of it in this book of my most recent research, and I'm gonna show you a picture here of inside the brain. And I know you may not see clearly, but you can just see, and if you get the book, you'll have this, obviously. But basically what you're seeing here is a whole lot of blue circles. And those circles are looking inside the brain. So this is what you're looking at. I'm going to hold up a, a brain. You are looking inside the brain at those pictures. So you're looking this way down. And so the bottom is the nose and the side is the ears. So you're seeing the little circles. This is what you're looking at. And what, we, what, I, what I was looking at in terms of this, in terms of my research, is I was looking at how does the brain respond when our mind is managed and how does our brain respond when our mind is not managed. And that then also, I also looked at how does the body respond when our mind is not managed and when it's managed. And also down to the, so looking at our blood and looking at, um, cortisol and stress reactions and even down to the level of our DNA and the health of our cells and our biological age and that kind of thing and what we see from the research is that if we don't manage our mind so this picture over here which I'm going to show you again which is as I said looking inside the brain you see it's very blue the top row is very blue and this is one of the subjects in my experimental group that where we tested all the brain and the blood and looking at what's going on in their brain and their body and in their mind so we wanted to know what's the story what's going on in your life and also we did psychological testing to see how what's going on emotionally and also how they self-regulating looks at all of that so we got a lot of insight and they were very aware of of what was going on and so this particular subject was very very depressed on day one they, they actually identified with depression they were saying that they are depression and they are hopeless and their work and relationships and everything was terrible not sleeping being being sick getting sicknesses and all kinds of stuff and if you look at if looking at this blue brain that shows us that the energy in the brain is very 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 flat and that's not good because we want the energy in the brain and these different types of energy and they all work together to help you um, to be able to function and so you want all of them to be flat flowing in a specific way and if you think of the sea the further you go out to sea the bigger the waves are 
and so and then as you come in they get a little bit smaller and then they eventually build up and and they get that white crest and then they crash on the beach and then they have little, you make little waves and then all get sucked back in again now that's kind of what we want to have uh, going through the brain when we're managing our mind when we're managing these things when we're doing something about them when we're embracing them and processing them and reconceptualizing them when we so we're not just ignoring them when we do that, then we'll get that proper wave energy between the two sides of the brain, which means you've got more blood in the brain and more energy in the brain and more oxygen, which means we can be more cognitively flexible. We can have more insight. We're not so impulsive. We can make better decisions. So we're thinking, feeling, and, and, and making good choices at a higher level when our brain is like that. But when it's very blue, it means it's very flat, which means that you're not going to be not enough oxygen and blood and impulsive, not making good decisions not thinking things through not flexible in your cognition so it's going to be not going to be creative you're going to battle to just to do things it's been, life's going to feel really hard and um, so I wanted to see if we taught that person those subjects how to manage their mind and, and I've been doing this by the way for nearly 40 nearly four decades so 38 years I've been doing all this kind of brain research looking at our mind and how our mind works and what thoughts are and memories and can we manage them and and this research that I'm talking about now in this book is my latest research and the answer to all of this even from my early days working in with very clinical situations with people with brain damage and that kind of thing and learning problems even from my early days I developed a way of how do we manage our mind and that's called the neurocycle we'll be talking about that that's the second half of this book I teach you about the neurocycle so essentially if we if our brain this particular person their brain was very flat line so that there were all these things depression and whatever so by the time we gave them the neurocycle so I gave they, they got the neurocycle they didn't get therapy from me they did it in an app so it was downloaded in an app I've got an, a new app called the neurocycle they downloaded that on their phone and then they worked on their own for around 15 to 45 minutes every day doing the five steps of the neurocycle. So they did the five steps of the neurocycle, which is in the second part of this book, which is how we manage our mind, is how we capture the thoughts and how we break them down and reconstruct them, how we embrace, process and reconceptualize them. And that's how we fix them. Okay, so the neurocycle is how we fix these things. And that's mind management. Okay. So they did that every day for 15 to 45 minutes. By the end of three weeks, we see that there's gray color here with a bit of green at the top. And what that means is that instead of that wave being just flat, it was getting all the waves like I described, the big waves and the waves breaking on the beach and all that kind of thing and the two sides of the brain working together much better, more oxygen, all that stuff. So at the beginning they were saying things like I am depression, I'm hopeless, etc. By day 21 they were saying after using the neurocycle, after managing their mind, they were saying I'm not depression. I am, am experiencing depression as a signal of an underlying cause and now I know why I feel depression and I feel depression because of whatever, whatever, whatever and I now know how to manage it. By day 63, that's the third row over here, we see that the brain's even more gray and that there's more of the dark green at the top and that means that their brain stabilized even more and they now are accepting and saying, okay, I'm no longer scared of depression or anxiety, they're not illnesses, they are warning signals telling me something is going on in my life and I need to pay attention because it's threatening my survival and I know how to do this, I know how to find the, the causes and I know how to change those so that I can manage them. And in, 
and in the future I'll still feel depression because humans we will all humans battle with depression and anxiety it's not just a few people since the beginning of time we have as we've gone through life and through history we experience all these circumstances as humans and our response is that some of if it's adverse we're going to get depressed and anxious not everything that happens to you in a day is all happy some good stuff happens and then you have good trees and good waves but then some bad stuff happens you may you may get a bad email or a bad text or you have an argument with someone or something goes wrong or you get an acute trauma or something happens in your business and then that that can throw you and you can have this response but instead of living in this response where you have no wisdom and and your intelligence drops you need to self -man mind manage this you need to neurocycle capture this and break it down before it becomes a problem so that you can then have wisdom this is no wisdom there's no insight with this so we've got to control this in order to be able to manage it so in order to be able to change to, to make sure that we don't get ourselves into that mental mess so one more picture i'm going to show you and then we can go to the next lot of questions is um one another one of my subjects over here they were in the experiment they were in the control group which means that they didn't get the neurocycle so they got all the testing all the brain and blood and dna and and psychological testing and the narrative but they didn't get any mind management so they were just made aware but no mind management and they got worse you see the red brain over there that red down the bottom on the bottom row that shows that the, that they are a brain there's too much of that that wave that's crashing on the beach they just crash 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 and that's that overwhelm my head there's just i'm stuck they're stuck in my thoughts i can't control my thoughts and they they were so anxious getting depressed and high 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 anxiety and fear obviously at the end of the nine weeks we gave them the the neurocycle but that just shows you that when you're aware of something and you don't manage it you're going to get worse but when you're aware of something and you manage it with your mind it gets better and mind management's for everyone it's not just for, for someone who's a trauma victim you as a human you're alive you're in life you're experiencing life you experience eight to ten thousand events every day and you need to know how to manage those eight to ten thousand events as well as the big stuff that are the patterns in your life so the neurocycle helps you manage the moment by moment and it helps you manage the big stuff over time and you have to work you see that I showed you those pictures they work from day 1 to 21 and then they work from day 22 to 63 what my research has shown is that if you're going to fix these things it's not going to happen with you're not just going to use these five steps once and then it's gone it's not a quick fix working on your mind is not a quick fix like you have to train your body at the gym or train yourself to be an athlete we need to train our mind as well so you train your mind inside cycles of 63 days which is how you change the behavior otherwise you're just going to sort of start and stop and feel stuck and get frustrated but you and and that's what happens to most people you know what you should be doing but you don't do it does does anyone relate to that so here's how you can help find what you're doing and you can understand what you're doing and then you can change that and it takes these subjects we're doing five, 15 to five steps of the neurocycle 15 to 45 minutes each day for the first 21 days and that's when the brain went from blue to gray which is good and then from day 22 to 63 which is another 42 days which is another six weeks they were doing just step five so for the first few weeks you spend 15 to 45 minutes for the second six weeks you're spending only around about a minute a day just practicing the new way of thinking so that it becomes a behavior change that it actually changes your life that you actually see the changes happening in your life so your relationships improve and your sleep improves and so on and then the next time something comes up so as you finish fixing one thing maybe you find you only discovered that part so you need to discover that part so this is a lifestyle 
mind management is a lifestyle. Like we have to clean our teeth every day and we have to bathe every day and we have to clean our house every day and we have to clean up after cooking every day. We have to eat every day. You're supposed to neurocycle every day. You see, your mind is always with you. You wake up with your mind. You eat with your mind. You choose your clothes with your mind. You're listening to this with your mind. You go to sleep with your mind. You dream with your mind. Your mind is always working. You can go three weeks without food. You can go three days without water. You can go three minutes without oxygen. But you don't even go three seconds without using your mind. So it's vitally important that we manage our mind because it's going anyway. It's working anyway. It's the first thing. Let me tell you something very quickly that if let's say that you're doing, you're working out, you're doing your exercise, but if your mind is not managed, you can, and you're worrying while you're doing the exercise, you can lose most of the benefit of that exercise because your mind wasn't right going into the exercise. Let's say you're eating a really healthy organic meal and it's farm to table, it's really healthy, but you're, you're worrying about something or you're anxious or you're fighting with someone or you're not dealing with your suppressed trauma and it's affecting you, you lose up to 80% of that nutrition. You see, mind is first, everything else follows. So our mind is working anyway. So my argument is that why don't you learn how to actually manage your mind? Otherwise, it gets messy. That's why I call it cleaning up your mental mess in my book because we can be cleaning up our mental mess all the time. Dr. Caroline, we're going to go to this question here. You talk about uh, five simple, scientifically proven uh, uh, steps to reduce uh, anxiety as well as uh, depression by up to 81% according to clinical studies. You know we are facing a pandemic. There is a lot of uh, anxiety. There is a lot of uh, depression. This is very important. Could you touch on those five simple steps, please? Absolutely. So the five simple steps are the neurocycle that I've been referring to. So when I held up this this graph over here, I mean this these these brain maps over here, and I showed you how they went from the blue to the gray, these people were using the five steps. So when I talk about the neurocycle, that those are the five steps. The neurocycle are these five scientific steps that I've developed over nearly four decades of research from a very um, extensive clinical application. So people with severe trauma and brain damage and autism and learning disabilities and all kinds of trauma, war trauma, etc. I even did work in war-torn Rwanda, worked in apartheid South Africa. So this is these these, these um, five steps have been developed very scientifically looking at neuroscience, looking at neuro, neuropsychology, etc., epigenetics, all different fields. So they're very, very scientific and you, you can't skip a step because basically what the steps are is they, they are, it's a, it's a system for how you can tap into your wired for love mode, your made in God's image, your loveness, your your brilliance, your your knowing in your knower, that survival mode that we have, we that wisdom part of us. That that these five steps teach you how to tune into that, to be very aware and tune into that state so that you can then manage and capture these thoughts and fix them. So that's what the principle is. So the neurocycle is these these five steps of the neurocycle are the first of all you gather. I'm going to tell you what they are, then I'll explain them. Gather awareness, reflect, write, recheck, and active reach. I explain them very, very clearly in the book with graphs and images and, and stories, and then I give you all the applications. So how to use the neurocycle, the five steps of the neurocycle for 
detoxing trauma in your life that's been there for a long time, detoxing those toxic habits, detoxing those day-to-day, -day, those those cycles in our life that have come through the generations, those cycles that we see in our life where we keep doing the same thing all the time. So I show you exactly how to do that in the book with lots and lots of examples, those acute traumas, etc. And as you mentioned, Dr. Charles, the, the, the current pandemic has really changed how we are managing our minds as well. So here's the, the there's good and there's more good news than bad news. The good news is that we can manage our minds and we can learn to, to manage it. And the good news also is that mental health isn't actually increasing. It's just that we, uh, mental health has been a problem, as I mentioned, from the beginning of time. It just changes. So every generation is going through something. So currently, the world is going through the pandemic. But prior to that, we were going through other things. And prior to that, so over time and over history, we're always responding. So when it's an adverse circumstance like the pandemic with all of the implications for you know death and loss of finance and uncertainty and isolation those are very very big things so people responding it's an they adverse circumstances so if people are responding with anxiety and depression that's a very normal response so yes in this COVID time there would be more people feeling anxious and depressed because before you maybe had a business that was running and you weren't threatened with death just around the corner or maybe you hadn't lost a loved one just suddenly so obviously that's shifted your life and, and it's made you very upset sad depressed angry fearful and, but I want you to know that that's not a brain disease. That's not doesn't mean there's something wrong with your brain. It means that you're going through something. You're experiencing an adverse circumstance. You're processing that through your think, feel, choose into your brain. And it is adverse, so it does produce this. But this is threatening your survival. So then you get these warning signals, which is the increased depression and anxiety. So we don't have to be fearful of it. We need to face it and embrace it and process it and reconceptualize it to control it. Otherwise, this will decrease our wisdom and we'll be even less able to cope. So in order to cope with what we're going through, in order to have the insight and wisdom to be able to deal with how the pandemic has, for example, affected us personally, we do need to manage our mind. So you can use the five steps of the neurocycle all the time. The more you use them, the better you get at them and the more you manage your mind. So I've been in this field, as I said, for years, and I've been using this and developing it as a scientist. I keep improving it and doing more research. My most up-to-date research is in this book that, that we're talking about. So um, for me personally, I use this all the time. I'm always neurocycling because your mind is always working. So being anxious and, and depressed, as I said, is a normal re reaction to an adverse circumstance. So Please, if you're experiencing depression, it's so important that we that you we validate that and, and say, yes, we understand. You mustn't think there's something wrong with you. You don't have a brain disease. You're not mentally ill, which is what they're telling, they, what a lot of the messaging is, oh gosh, we're going to have an increase in mental ill health and we have to give more people diagnoses of clinical depression. But that doesn't help you because depression is not an it. It's not something. It's not like diabetes that you can actually treat or cancer and heart disease that you can treat and, and test with various different types of testing, medical testing and treat with medications. That's It's not a chemical imbalance in your brain. Sure, your brain has been affected and I've been showing you with those blue graphs and gray and everything. I mean, the head maps and, and we also see that our, our inflammation increases in our body when we don't manage these and our hormones will go crazy and we'll have too much cortisol and all kinds of things can happen and we increase our vulnerability but that's not the cause of your depression that's the response 
of your depression. So the cause is what's going on in your life at the moment. That's the cause. That's causes. That's in process. This is built into your brain and your body, and then your brain and your body aren't functioning so well. And that's why we need the neurocycle to mind manage this situation so that we can get our body healthy and strong and our brain healthy and strong and our mind healthy and strong so we have the wisdom and insight to manage the situation. So the, the first first part of the neurocycle is for you to, is to, to come in with the correct attitude. And the attitude is that I am not mentally ill. It is a, a normal response to an adverse circumstance. So I'm, I, I embrace the depression. I gather awareness of it. I'm not scared of it because it's a messenger. It's telling me something. That's so important that we actually have that 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 in mind. That it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's a messenger telling me something. So you gather awareness. So gather is a lovely word. Gather means that I'm actually choosing to to get something. I'm not I'm not. If, if you imagine that this is a, a an apple tree and it's all full of apples and I sit under this and I bump it and it's got all these rotten apples. They're all falling on my head. That's not gathering. That's being overwhelmed. And I'm saying that that's how most people feel, totally overwhelmed. This is just too much finances, kids, problems, money, um, stress, trauma, um, whatever, all uncertainty, all the things, all the details of what are going on in your life. But what you want to do is you want to stand back and just take one thought at a time and just decide, okay, I'm going to just work on one thing at a time. I'm just going to work on why I feel so anxious and depressed. So you stand back, you and you, you being the messy mind and you being the wise mind. I call this the multiple perspective advantage, and I explain that in the book. Okay, and you stand back and you observe this in a very accepting way, but you, you, you're becoming aware of it. You're self-regulating it. You, you're becoming consciously aware of it. And we see from neuroscience that you can be consciously aware all day long. Every ten seconds, you are able to stand back and observe your own thinking, feeling, and choosing. So as you open your eyes and you start experiencing life, you can observe how you're doing that. You can observe how you're having a discussion with a loved one, how you're managing an email, how you're responding to a text, how you how you are functioning in that conversation, in that business meeting, that school, whatever you're doing, you like right now I can observe how I'm speaking and how I'm putting my words together and the, and the impact, etc, etc. So we are able to do this. So when you gather awareness, step one, be aware that you're standing back and you're observing. You're not under the apple tree, you're standing back and you're picking the apples one at a time. And what are you picking? What are those apples? You're gathering awareness of the emotional warning signals. So the those would be things like depression, anxiety, fear, worry, whatever they are. You gather those as many as you want. It's only day one. You've got 21 days to do to do the first part of this of this of this um, detoxing process. So you don't have to gather everything on day one. You can maybe just pick two or three apples the first day, and then tomorrow you do some more. You're not going to solve it all today. That's the whole thing. It's just do a little bit at a time each day, and then slowly over time you'll take this and you'll through the neurocycle and turn it into this. So you're doing the five steps every day. So you gather awareness, you pick the apple, the emotional warning signals, your physical, what are you feeling in your body? Your body's tense, your stomach's sore, whatever. You've got headaches. What is the physical warning signal? Because all of those are your body telling you, hey, there's something here. There's something that your body needs to fight. And then you're going to be aware of your behaviors. How are you speaking? What are you doing? What are your, what are your behaviors? Your sleeping, your conversations, your, your work, etc. What is your perspective? How are you looking at life? Like life is terrible. I hate life, whatever. Or I love life and whatever. So you're going to get gather awareness, very non-judgmental, very safe. You with your mind's mind saying, okay, Caroline, here, let's just look at these things. You're going to, we work, we're solving this together. And then you're going to go to reflect, which is asking. It's doing like a, like a, being a detective. 
and you're putting those thoughts on trial and you're asking why are you thinking like that so you pick up the app or why ask answer discuss ask answer discuss and then you would write down your answers because you want to pour your brain on paper whatever you've gathered and reflected on you want to write down and you write down in the form of a metacog and I explain that in the book it's a pattern way of writing that forces the two sides of the brain to work together an incredibly brilliant way and an easy way of getting you to think really deeply and start finding the the cause and the solutions and then the fourth step is to recheck what you've written because I can guarantee when you write down in the metacog it's kind of messy it's all over the place because you write in branches and patterns and so it's kind of messy and that's okay you just want to get it out and then the recheck is where you sort it out and do your mental autopsy and work out what does this mean and then you do your active reach step five which is a little action step so it's taking the four steps that you've just done the gather the gather reflect write and and recheck and creating one little action step for the day and that's what you practice the rest of the day you discipline yourself to only think of that and not to do all this work tomorrow you'll come back to that you don't want to think of this all day long because that'll tie that'll that'll keep you stuck you want to be very disciplined and organized and, and compartmentalize it this is the issue this is the pattern I've seen in my life and this is what I'm going to work on and then you'd come and then so the little active reaches keeps you in a state of mental peace for the day it anchors you back in and it's a little discipline tool that every time you want to go back and start revisiting that you come back and say and hang on to your active reach so it could be something as simple as a little statement like if you're feeling depressed if depression is what you're working on and it's because of the whole COVID situation your first day active reach could just be I'll get through this it could be a simple statement like that I'll get through this or everyone else is in this position or um, depression is not a brain disease I'm just being a normal human it's okay to have a mess you know that kind of a simple statement that helps you feel mental peace and so this exactly how to do this is in detail in the book and then I give exact examples as I mentioned of how to use this in the moment by moment stuff and in the and the, in the big stuff powerful stuff powerful stuff now before we finish off with this program here I have two questions I believe I, I, I hope you have two two Two, two answers for us there, Dr. Caroline. <laughs> Here, how does our thoughts physically affect ourselves and others? Okay, so that's a really good question. So remember what I was saying about how our brain and body are the 1%, the physical. And if you're dead, that goes away. So you'll, you'll, the difference between a dead body and an alive person is our mind, our aliveness. Our mind is our aliveness, mind is, and mind is this think, feel, choose. And it's through our mind that we experience life, okay? So we build these thoughts into our brain. So now we are, it's not about just us, it's about us in the world. So there's people all around us, we're interacting all the time, and we're designed to interact. We need others. And that enhances how we function when we interact with others. But what we have to be careful of is that if we are toxic, this is generating toxic words and toxic actions and toxic energy so you this if you are operating from this you are speaking in that angry way or irritated way or frustrated way or you having constant arguments or whatever it looks like in your life or worry or justification or whatever that's hitting someone else and affecting someone else or if you very depressed and your loved ones are around you and and people are around you that that depression you it's energy you're giving off this is real you know it's, 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 it's you, to, to give you a better example Maybe you've been in an argument with someone and as they were talking to you, they were using all this body and angry and their eyes were flashing and their body is moving and you kind of step back because you feel, wow, it feels like something's hitting me. Well, it is hitting you. That's the gravitational field that should be like this, a nice happy wave. Is this 
wave like this. So this is generating this and it kind of shoots out these photons at you and you feel that. And if you're not careful, you'll absorb that into you. And then, so if you're doing it to someone else, they've got to be careful. If you, if someone else is, is speaking toxically over you or is all toxic, you've got to be careful of absorbing it into you because you can't carry someone else's pain. You can only support them. So you have to keep yourself strong because this from someone else is going to be distorted in your brain. And so if you absorb someone else's depression and you start feeling the kind of their, their, their depression, it affects your ability to empathize because you're going to be so crushed you're going to feel like you're under that apple tree and all the apples are hitting you on the head. So the way to increase your empathy and protect yourself so that you don't get crushed by this, that you can still actually stay, keep perspective, that you can actually help them and protect yourself from getting all this toxic is to basically, is to basically recognize that you need a neurocycle quickly and say, okay, well, that's that person's depression. I see it's coming on me. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to gather awareness of it. How's my body feeling? I'm going to reflect on that. How can I help that person? How can I help myself? And you go through the five steps. And as you're doing that, you can actually put up, literally block those photons from entering you and that then increases your empathy. So it doesn't mean that you're less empathic. You will be more empathic because you'll have perspective. Otherwise, this will cloud your body and your mind and your brain and your judgment. I hope you are enjoying this. I am personally learning a lot. I feel like uh, I am in a class right now, scientific class, learning about my brain, learning about my thoughts so that my thoughts do not just run away from me. Thank you, Dr. Caroline, for these uh, powerful, powerful, insightful teaching that you're giving us right now. Thank you. I appreciate that. And it's so hopeful to know that we don't have to let the past control our future. All those patterns from the past, you know, the cycles for that, that pass through the generation. That doesn't, you can use neurocycles to break those cycles from the past, to break the cycles of the present. You don't, you've, you've got this incredible agency. You know, God has given us the ability to think, feel, and choose, and to self-regulate our thinking, feeling, and choosing. And here is the science of how to do it. I mean, here is the handbook of how to capture those thoughts and renew them. And, and we, we can do that all the time. That's what we designed to do. We are able to do this, which is really hopeful. And uh, where can the people get this copy of the book right now? It's available wherever books are sold. So throughout the world, across the globe, every so to Amazon, every single bookstore, um, online and in the shops should have it. Most shops should have it by now. I know it's selling out very fast everywhere, but it's you can get it. It's very easy on Amazon. And then my webpage is drleaf.com. And my Instagram and my social media handles are Dr. Caroline Leaf. So if they go there, they can also find out all the information that I give to help them. And I also have a podcast called The same name as the book, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, which helps people with mental health issues. But the book's available right now wherever books are sold. So if they get to the, the store, they'll be able to, online they can get the book. And I have, I've got actually uh, KITV just bought about uh, four of these. We're going to give away to those who feel overwhelmed by what is going on and you really want to learn how to mind uh, uh, your you know, mind management. This is a masterpiece in that line, and I believe it's going to help you, and it's going to make you think the way the Bible requires us to think. So I encourage you to write info at kitvnetwork.com, and we're going to be sending to those first four people that are going to write. Dr. Caroline, thank you so very much for coming on this program. 
It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. It was lovely, lovely meeting you and lovely talking to you. Thank you. I hope again we'll once again have you someday and thank you for your time and God bless you. Thank you. I'd love that. Wonderful to meet you. God bless you too. Tell your wife I say hi. And to our viewers, and to our viewers, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord watch over you. Until then, shalom, shalom. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Faith with Dr. Kazumba Charles. If this program has been a blessing to you, write to us at life at and share your testimony.